Hello and welcome to History Happened Everywhere. The Verdict. This is our after-show podcast where we look back at our previous episode, Kazakhstan. So if you haven't listened to that, go back, have a listen, or else there will be spoilers ahead. I'm Paul Dursley. I'm saying something ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Paul refuses to give up a hostage to fortune. Total silence report. (laughs) Hello and welcome to History Happened Everywhere, The Verdict. Uh, my name is Ryan Weir, and here I am in the studio, as usual, in the hot seat with Peter Goddard. I'm on the cooler seat, because I'm the cooler person. <laughs> and on the hot phone, the warm, on the tepid phone, on the tepid <laughs> telephone, <laughs> on the lukewarm phone, <laughs> it's Mr. Paul Dursley. Well, uh, a cooler seat is better for your piles. <laughs> It's a long time no see. It has been, hasn't it? We we took a little time off, but it did mean that we haven't spoken or or, or done a, an episode for a couple of weeks. So yeah, forgive yes. us if we're a bit rusty. We forget how this works. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I was wondering which of you is lackluster and which is cringe fest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lackluster cringe fest. <laughs> at, at least you're accurate. <laughs> That was such an awkward exchange. It really was. <laughs> Even listening to it back made me tense. <laughs> um, Paul, it's Easter. Well, as you as you say, it depends whether you're Gregorian or Julian. Yes, very true. That's right. Depending on where you are and what your belief system is, Easter is either still happening, not happening, never existed, or is some some other sort of still to come. spring festival or still to come. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you celebrated yours? Do you celebrate Easter? I celebrate no Christian festivals or religious festivals at all. Okay, what about recognise the oncoming of spring? Oh, absolutely, yes. Have you seen any baby animals? Like a little duckling or a little lamb? Well, I've seen dead lambs at Easter. Oh. Because you eat them. Uh, do, have you had chocolate over the past month? No, um, not a great chocolate lover. Have you painted an egg? No. You fought with an egg. <laughs> no. Have you worn a bonnet? I, I've I've worn something on my head. Yes, that'll do. Easter bonnet. Easter bonnet. See, you do celebrate Easter. <laughs> What's the Easter equivalent of Scrooge? It's missing a, a an, an Easter Scrooge. Judas. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so look, I'm, I want to get into some of the stuff that we're talking about, but we should do a quick little one-minute review. We it's, should. It's the so thing that we do. Exactly. So a little reminder of what we covered. So here we go. I'm going to Am start. I on the timer? You are on the timer. So if you could press the button. Now. The Republic of Kazakhstan is the ninth largest country in the world. It's located south of Russia on a border with China and a number of other countries, each ending in Stan. 
Kazakhstan has a foot in both Central Asia and in Europe, making it an important country throughout history as the land bridge for trading between the East and the West. Inhabited since the Paleolithic era, Kazakhstan was home to nomadic tribes up to the point where Genghis Khan invades in the 13th century. After that, much of the Kazakh culture as we know it today starts to be formed during the years of dominance by the Kazakh Khanate, a royal family who gained global recognition as a force to be reckoned with. Because the majority of Kazakhs are Muslim, and Muslims don't celebrate Easter, we spent some time talking about their spring festival called Nauritz instead. As a gift, I made a Nauritz delicacy, which Peter accurately described as cold horse meat yogurt, and not his cup of tea. But in contrast, he enjoyed the Nauritz drink I made him called kumis, which is a fermented form of horse milk. In recognition of the few Orthodox Christians living in Kazakhstan, we learned that they take a feast to be blessed by a priest, including two desserts, a cylindrical sweet bread called kulich, and a pyramid-shaped cheesecake called paska. The results of my attempts at making these were somewhat mixed. We also discussed the Talai hare, the mysterious stone eggs of Mangoshlak, and after an Easter egg hunt around the studio, a few puzzling Kazakhstan jokes as well. Last week's episode done, summarised nicely, nice one son, now we're over to a young Dursley who's gonna tell you what he thought of me, he'll take you apart without any care, he's the lovely Paul Dursley, the lovely Paul Dursley. So I personally had a terrific time, not least because I got to a room around the <laughs> apartment looking for Easter eggs, uh, but also listened to some fascinating jokes, uh, as Ryan points out, of unknown humour value. <laughs> seem to be highly regional, I think it's fair to say. And, and mildly racist. I'll be honest, those were the better ones that I picked. Oh, <laughs> crikey. Okay, yeah. well, moving on. So I want to know, Paul, from your point of view, I was having a great time hunting for eggs and whatnot, but how did it come across as a listener? Um... Slightly too long. Yeah, you don't like the long ones, do you? Well, I get bored when you've repeated something a couple of times. And I was sitting there counting. Now, what are they up to? Six. I thought you weren't going to do the seventh. And I almost got my pen poised to say, you said you did done seven and you'd only done six. So were you more disappointed that it was long or that you didn't get to mark us down for having six instead of seven? Uh, I think the latter, probably. <laughs> yeah. It's a festive episode. This isn't every week, Paul. It's yeah, just a one. I, I was slightly disappointed that you didn't have something that you couldn't lose. You could lose. At. <laughs> yeah, I deliberately <laughs> left off any competitive element this time. Uh, I'd like. I got really angry last time, like genuinely, <laughs> and I didn't want to face into that again. All right, let's talk mangoshlak. Still, one of my favourite words of, of re- le- recent learning. <laughs> Mangoshlak. It's so Doctor Who, the egg stones of Mangoshlak. Yeah, the stone eggs, the mysterious stone eggs of Mangoshlak. Uh, but yeah, uh, those are fun things, aren't they? Yeah, it, remi- it reminds me of that. Can you remember that program from the 80s called Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World? No, but do tell me what that was. Oh, you must remember that, Pete. I do. Don't just... Don't just turn to me when Ryan's too young to remember something, but also also I do remember that. (laughs) It was, uh, you know, Arthur C. Clarke, the science fiction writer who exiled himself in Sri Lanka. Um, He sort of had this programme on Yorkshire television where they were sort of trying to go around and all, all of these sort of crystal skulls of... Mesoamerica and oh, okay. stone balls of Costa Rica and the Anthoctera mechanism and those sort of things. I don't think they did the balls of Mandelson or whatever they're called. Mangoshlak. Mangoshlak. 
Yeah. They should have done. Well, this is the thing. I didn't know about the mysterious stone eggs of Mangelschlag. This is what I thought was clear to me from the episode as a whole was quite how little any of us know about any of that region. There's yeah. so much going on there. But it doesn't yeah. really, Kazakhstan doesn't come up much, does it? It doesn't. Have you been there, Paul? No, I, I haven't been I haven't been to any of those. I must admit. They are on. I've, I've always had an interest in that in that 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 part of the world as as well, and I, I think you've piqued my interest as well with with, with your with with your episode there. I think I, they're almost all. I, I think we've really vindicated the concept of this show because every time we roll a place like Kazakhstan, and you think, oh, I don't know, it's not really. You assume if I haven't really heard anything about it, there's probably not a lot there. And every single time, there's just tons of fascinating stuff. And you, I was always, with a couple of exceptions, think I really want to go check that out. I definitely want to go and check out Kazakhstan. Uh, 18.9 million people in an area four times the size of France. Yeah, That's a lot of landscape to go and explore and have a look around, apart from Semi-Palatinsk, which you don't really want to go and uh, <laughs> explore. Semi-Palatinsk, Paul. How about that? Did you know about that? Is that the nuclear place? That's the nuclear place. Place you do not Sarah! want to go to. <laughs> Can you please say that word correctly? What? What? My heart's just leapt out of my chest. Are I you okay? You were being murdered or yeah. something. <laughs> I thought we were witnessing the end of Paul Dursley. Are you okay? I think he's just I've having got, a nuclear well, no, meltdown. Well, no, not really, because you can't say a pretty simple word correctly. What? It, what, what word did is, I say? I don't know. The word is nuclear. Nuclear. What did I yes, say? Nuclear. You said nuclear. Oh, that's not a word. I Nuc- hate that. <laughs> nuclear. What did I? Yes, uh, now I'm confused about what I'm saying. He's going to have an aneurysm in a minute. We killed Paul Tursley. That's one of the things I've written down. Nuclear. And then you actually said it. Okay. So okay, yeah. From the nuclear. Now, now I'm paranoid about how I'm going to say it in case you die again. <laughs> Atomic. He's, he's died and arisen. <laughs> nuclear. 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 That's what. Nuclear. Okay. Right. I'm gonna. I'm sweating. I don't need. There's a there's a Eurythmics song in which there's a line that says you'll wake up to a nuclear morning. And back in the 80s, where the Eurythmics were at their mm. peak, I was a big fan, and I was certain that this was a very clever reference to. A nuclear morning is, yeah. oh, we're going to wake the up and the world will be destroyed. Gone, yeah. And then I saw that written down as like, just wake up to a new <laughs> clear, clear morning. morning. Like, right. Well, just remember <laughs> that, Ryan, when you're saying that word. I will, yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's interesting, yeah, because we've also discussed Christmas Island here, which was another heavily nuked place. Yeah, we're just going around. History hunting. Radiation hotspots. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we just need to go to Los Alamos next. Oh, is that another one? Well, yeah, that's the one in the States where I think that's the number one. They sort of detonated loads there. Oh, is that the one from Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? No idea. You know, the one where he's in the one where he gets into the the fridge and then he gets he gets blasted and he's but he's in the fridge and so he survives the nuclear blast. Because he's in a fridge. He survives the what? So Indiana Jones No, he survives the what? The nuclear blast. So Uh, there are 100 elements 
on the, new, the periodic table that can be found in Kazakhstan. That was a Kazakhstan fact that yeah, I that's, quoted. That's utter rubbish. Okay, why is that rubbish? Is that not a because, fact? Because there aren't a hundred naturally occurring elements. Is <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a lab with a rack of elements? To me. <laughs> well, there... Yeah, I think it's it goes up to uranium, doesn't it? And then I think some Neptunium, but anything above that is is man-made, and the half-life is so short that it could never naturally occur. Well, in fairness, it's also home to uh, the most irradiated place for miles around. So maybe they've made a few on the way. Yeah, from all the nuclear. I mean, the um, oh. the bombs. There are how Minus many? Minus one. <laughs> How many? So, how many elements are there on the periodic table? Well, there are ninety-two natural, naturally occurring elements. Now, there are, I think, at the moment, there are something like one hundred and twenty-one elements. But oh. everything above ninety-two, so ninety-three and above, they're all man-made. Okay. Now, they may have existed in nature before, but their half-life is so short that they would have all disappeared by now. Okay, so a question. so the only way to make them again is to sort of do the bombardment experiments that they do in uh, Moscow and uh, Lawrence Livermore Labs. So okay, so if there are ninety-two elements on the periodic table, we're going to forget all the man-made ones. Would that be extraordinary if all ninety-two could be found and sourced and located in Kazakhstan? Yes, that would be absolutely amazing if they've got every natural element. Oh, okay. Well, there you go then. Fun fact. Yeah, but. It's it's sort of a bit. It's a factoid I, I, now, isn't I it? I think those elements have to that those elements have to be in compounds because, of course, you could you couldn't have um, hydrogen. Well, you couldn't hydrogen. have hi- can't have natural hydrogen. Well, it's a gas, so it'd just go up into the atmosphere. Yeah, but helium's a gas, and that's found naturally. Uh, well, helium is is a decay product of radioactive elements. Yeah, but there's you know there's stocks of helium. Helium's a one way journey, isn't it? Helium, if you let your helium go, it goes up through the atmosphere and disappears into space. You can't, the Earth can't hold on to its own helium. Um, yes, uh, same so, so for hydrogen, because hydrogen's even lighter than helium. But helium, we can't, we can't make helium, can we? Most of the, so the helium stocks are gradually dwindling, and you're no, filling up balloons course, with them. Of course you can make helium, it's only an alpha particle. I'm so lost. <laughs> can I create my own periodic table or not? by going to Kazakhstan and collecting one of each. Do you want to make an actual table? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the correct answer is every element is either naturally occurring or compounded in a natural compound in Kazakhstan, which is probably amazing. I still Sorry, don't understand. Is- Can I go and get one of every of the elements? Like Pokemon? No, you can't go and get it. You'd have to do something to some of the rocks to get the elements. Okay. All right. All right. Well, then forget that. Would fact. you make a table out of it, though? I would. What's the difference between a periodic table and an occasional table? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you were probably right with the elephants. <laughs> there are 100 other elephants periodically <laughs> sitting at a table. <laughs> Uh, Protestant Reformation. 
I mean, I, I feel like there's a question there. Pete, I, thought he was gonna, about, I, thought, I thought he was going to say, <laughs> I'm against it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I always think it must, it must have been quite messy if he nailed his feces to the door. <laughs> his feces. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, so Protestant Reformation is the time period that the Dursleiter gave us. And it was, uh, it was quite a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, the interesting part of it is the degree to which everything gets... When we tell our history, there was a real temptation to say, this guy nailed a book to a door and that changed everything. But of course, that's only going to... I'm sure other people nailed other uh, literature to other walls, doors and ceilings. It must have been no common effect, enough right? that he was doing it. So he must have done it's it. Like he, yeah. The tinder's got to be dry, right, for the spark to catch. So, you know, I cannot yes. imagine that he's just gone, I've had an idea. And everyone goes, oh, that's a good idea. Let's all fall in line with that. Yeah. It must have been this whole ground swell and build up of people going i don't know i'm not sure about this and then finally someone does something that is a trigger rather than a cause yeah yeah and and sort of he's he's the one who says oh my god sod this and he's the one who then stood up and and nailed it to the door how dangerous was it for him to do that i don't know if he wore safety gloves he should have been all right how long was the nail (laughs) (laughs) just in case it chipped (laughs) (laughs) No, but was it dangerous? The Catholic Church famously, you know, creating the Spanish Inquisition. It was bold, wasn't it? There's no doubt about that. But would he have been in physical danger for that? I think anyone who challenges orthodoxy is always in physical danger because people don't like that (laughs) in any any religion. I I I think it was sort of almost a bit too early, you know, that then they were relatively off. You know, relatively few, relatively few of them were known, so the church, the Catholic Church, hadn't had time to really mobilise against it. Whereas it was probably in the next fifty to a hundred years after that is where, you know, we got the nobody expects them to appear. So my my concern is for the uh, janitor in the church, who people being who they are, I can only imagine there was then this rash of people <laughs> nailing various tracts to various bits of his church. It's like, oh, for goodness sake. It's like the Twitter board. Yeah, exactly, the, right? The forum, everybody just suddenly jumping on the, hey, this worked. Let's, let's try this. Yeah, retweet, renail, renail, if agree. <laughs> so, yes, it, it was interesting, this thing you were, t- you were talking about, the sort of Julian-Gregorian split and it happening, of course, Oh yeah. yeah th- this country this country changed calendars in 1752. Mm-hmm. And we had those missing 10 days as well which yeah. was I think September the 2nd 1752 was yeah. followed by September the 14th 1752. Okay. And the change happened in, in that year and so in the next year when the year ended which at the time the year used to end on the 24th of March. Yeah. The, the merchants got very annoyed about this because they had to pay tax for 365 days in a year that only had 354 days. Oh, I see. They wanted a little bit off. So what happened was the government said, OK, we'll slip that by 10, 11 days. And that's why the tax year to this day starts on April the 6th. Because of the change in the calendar, there were those ten days were missing, and the twenty fifth of March was the day that traditionally the day that taxes were due. It was a quarter uh. day, and so historically, 
that's still why our tax year starts then. How accurate is the Gregorian calendar, given that it was several hundred years after the Julian calendar? Surely with our, you know, mathematical and scientific minds, we've worked out that actually a more accurate version of the calendar. It's pretty accurate. The, 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 although we, of course, had one of the consequences of it um, 20, 21 years ago in the year 2000. Yeah. Because the year 2000 was a leap year, whereas the, the normal computation would say if a year is divisible by 100, it's not a leap year. About 1900 wasn't a leap year, 2100 wouldn't be a leap year. But you have to suppress one of these every 400 years. Hence, 1900 wasn't a leap year and 2100 wasn't a leap year, but the year 2000 was a leap year. And what this does is it just takes out all of the errors and it it means that you're, every 100 years the error builds up. So after 400 years, the error is, I say, relatively large, but by, by putting that leap year in, it flips it down. So the error then becomes on the other side. And then over the next 400 years, it moves up again. Okay. Then it flips down. They think that they might have to suppress the year 8000 as oh. a leap year. Oh, I've got something on that day. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm busy then. Can they push it? Got one 10, thing in the 8000s <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> but, but the thing is, that's not they're not really certain because they're such relatively long timescales that the Earth will probably have slowed down in its orbit slightly. So Oh, I see. It, so it adjusts because of... It may have to uh, be adjusted because of that, yeah. Oh, interesting. Because if you, if you think about it, the year 8,000, 6,000 years from now, the Julian calendar only started, or the Gregorian calendar only started about 500 years ago. How does it work with space travel? What do you mean? What does NASA use? GMT. Does it, or does it use the Gregorian calendar? So if, if, if we were to fly... Right, if we were to have our first interstellar flight to the nearest star or whatever, would they use the Gregorian calendar for that? Uh, well, time-wise, I can tell you that they use UTC, which we call GMT. Yeah. Uh, which is why it's interesting that or NASA has the moon landing on a different day that America says they had the moon landing because it was over the GMT different okay. day, uh, which is interesting in that sense usually space missions are done on what's called elapsed time but i'm i'm talking about like if you were to travel really really far away depends how fast you go well i'm going uh you know near speed of light well then that time here is we go this is this is going to be interesting yeah so what happens with the calendar then just gotta flip it quicker uh there are two different calendars or well, well it's not two different calendars time is running at two different rates right your perception of time stays the same however our perception of you yeah is different our perception of your perception of time if that's not a uh, a contradiction in terms i think anyone who listens to this podcast knows that perception of time can vary wildly from episode yeah, to episode <laughs> you know, the, the, I, I think the, cl the classic thing that they've calculated is if you were to go to alpha centauri which is a, a nearby yeah. relatively nearby star uh, you would, the return journey sort of travelling at significant fractions of the speed of light would take seven years for the astronaut to travel it in his time. Okay. However, 49 years will have passed on Earth when he when he comes back. Yet we're both so using the, the same calendar. Us and the spaceman. 
But they can't, by definition. They can't use a calendar. Well, of course they They're can astronauts. use a calendar, but they will not. They will not be in sync. So you've got a choice as a, as the travelling spaceman. You can either flip your calendar over much quicker and watch the time go, what appears to you to be very quickly. Live in dog years, and you're sort of witnessing time as it is experienced by the people you left behind. Or you can turn your calendar day by day and get increasingly adrift from the time of the people you left behind. So far, adrift to make it impossible. Well, to make it impossible to really have any... Because you couldn't communicate with him as well. I'm so confused and this hasn't got anything to do with Easter. So let's move on. All right. Let's talk about Naritz. Yes. So this is the festival, uh, the the New Year festival. That sounds super awesome fun. I really, if if I'm going to get my plan, as ever, every week I plan my trip to whichever country we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and I want to arrive in Naritz in the town. Yeah. And then I'm going to leave town and go uh, and do some sort of step uh, yurt living aerobics for a week or <laughs> uh, so, just riding horses around and uh, yeah. generally being wild and free. Uh-huh. And then I'll come home. That's my plan for my... Uh, in March next year. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. It means you're going to have a lot of uh, Naritz Koshe, though. Yeah, that's a, a price I'm willing to pay, I think. <laughs> I can just nibble a bit at each household. I so, wish... I, I, I sort of go, Harking back to what we say, uh, I wish we started our year in March time. It's much more sensible, it's such a, it? it is the perfect time to start a year. Not right in the middle of midwinter when it's really crappy and miserable yeah there's nothing new and fresh is there in in january the first it's now we're like oh yeah things are happening for spring is yeah absolutely you could understand why most societies had new year in springtime yeah the the festival well as you were saying easter is a uh well it's a fertility festival isn't it easter comes from the same root as estrogen it comes from the same room as oestrogen you know the female hormone because you know everything was springing up and fertility fecundity rabbits as you were saying but yeah it's a, it's the perfect time for a new year in my opinion i concur 100 percent so you two both got to try some Naritz Koshe. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. It. I think the, the, it's very clear from the podcast itself that it wasn't for me. It's not my cup of tea. I don't judge other people, things that, that I don't like that other people do. So I didn't have a problem with it, but it wasn't. It wasn't for you. Wasn't That's fine. Thing. Paul, um, we, we couriered you some Naritz Koshe. I will judge for other people. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what, what specifically? Let's give, give us a uh, little um, um, actually, actually, Pete was right. The nicest part of it was the horse meat. I, I, that, that sort of sounds a bit paradoxical, but but it all went down my waste disposer. <laughs> How much did you actually eat? Like, did you get through a spoon? I got through two spoonfuls because I was thinking okay. when Pete got through the second one, I thought, oh, I've had the same as Pete. And then he had a third one. He did. He went for a third. <laughs> Bless his heart. I mean, to well, be fair. You've got to give it a fair crack. You saw you? the bucket of it that was uh, waiting for you. It was huge. After it fell, A, I had to, I knew how much effort you'd gone to. <laughs> but if I just sort of did a t- half a teaspoon and go, oh, no, thank you. I thought yeah. that's not really fair. I had to give it a fair crack. And I took some home and had another go. 
Uh, and at no point did I think <laughs> I'm converting. <laughs> it's such a simple dish to make. Like it really was. Like it's not hard to make Norit's kosher. There, there, there are other easy to make dishes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I liked your idea that if you didn't like one ingredient, you could replace it. So the yeah. question is, can you replace all seven ingredients? So just anything <laughs> with any seven ingredients. See, my theory is if you exchange the yogurt for a tomato sauce, you've got a decent stew there. Yeah, it's not bad. I'd have, I'd have enjoyed yeah, that and make it a, hot. And and it was heat if it were heated up. Yeah, not, like, but that's not traditional, right? Then I wouldn't know that it was springtime and time for to burst forth into new life. Indeed, yeah, that's what I guess the kefir is there for. But you're right; it it does have a very distinct smell. The smell was the thing that put me off the most because I like yes, yogurt. I like I don't mind those things. I don't mind a bit of meat in my yogurt, but the smell was acrid, wasn't it? It has like a. I mean, <laughs> where's that lactic off lactic smell? Off smell, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So western noses yeah exactly i mean exactly yeah because it's the taste it, it, of new yes, year you're, you're, you're right there it's absolutely it's it's what we're used to and you sort of think, god if, if if to someone that's a delicacy and they're looking forward to that you think what else do they eat <laughs> well kumis is what they drink let's ah. talk about that so kumis this is the fermented mare's milk now paul unfortunately we didn't manage to get you any of that in our little courier care package uh reason for that being because we drank it all it was amazing so sorry about that yeah no, uh, it's, it's it sounds like it was quite... So it sounded a bit like lassi. A bit, yeah, a bit. It felt watered down, if anything. Um, but it was tasty, very sweet. Yeah, it was... It was I had absolutely no complaint. Well, we finished the whole lot off, didn't we? We yes. polished it off nicely. And then we went a bit funny afterwards. We did. <laughs> we <got giggling. laughs> yes, yes, we did go rather giggling. Yeah. Uh, what about the making of it? Like, how do you feel about being in a yurt? You're part of a tribe, let's say, of 30 people... And you all take turns with your big splodger to uh, splodge the milk around in the in the horse leather saddlebag. Uh, yes, uh, I like it. Not- that that's the bit that makes me feel like it's a traditional festive thing so, somehow. <sighs> it may be festive, but it's not very efficient, is it? No, but I have to say, I thought it was quite um, sweet that Ryan had made it right. He done his 3,000 admittedly not 5,000 it was 5,000 oh it was yeah it was I went back and I checked and it was 5,000 that I did I, either either you you sort of put it in a saddlebag for 16 hours or you shove it in a food processor for 5 seconds Food-wise, let's move on to our Orthodox Easter, where we had Kulich and Pascha. Now, you both had some of this. Let's talk about the Pascha. Let's just get this out of the way, shall we? Oh, the one that I received is a mash in a bowl. (laughs) That was the one. (laughs) That that is the one, yeah. So I shared some of this with my mother, in fact. She came around and uh, we had the Pascha and Kulich together. Yeah. Uh, She was very keen on it. So spans the generations. I like it. I really didn't like it. That, oh, okay. that was the thing I liked the least out of all three. Wow. Okay. Uh, uh, after it was, it was still, it was still quite lactic. It was sort of like an off custard. Yeah. No, that's true. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I, how much of that is down to my cooking? Yes, of course. And it not having set properly, but I can't imagine that would have had a huge impact on its taste. There was a lot of sugar, a lot of butter in it, a lot of cheese. I mean, a lot of cottage cheese in there. Yes. Uh, uh, and so it's, it, all of those things sound like it would be nice, but it's, 
Perhaps yeah. it's because I had it a day later or whatever, but it was quite... No, we had it a couple of uh, days later and it was still good for yeah. us. I think it's just a taste thing. I think I th- it- I, to me, I found it quite bitter. Okay. For a sweet thing. Bitter. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. So at 4 a.m. in the morning, though, maybe a delicious treat? No. Okay. About 4 a.m. after some vodka and champagne. <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> i've got a question for you paul mm-hmm. is it better to be a big man in the little horde or the little guy in the big horde it's a great question a little guy in the big horde why is that i think it's always better to be bottom of the top than top of the bottom mm-hmm. assuming that big is better than little well, horde-wise, I mean, I think generally hordes are graded by, by the size, right? It's a tiny horde isn't even really a horde, is it? You've got to have at least a certain minimum volume to be a horde. If, if you were sort of the king of the little horde, I think everybody else in every other horde, in, in the other hordes, would laugh at you behind your back at least. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm inclined to agree. It's the horde thing, isn't it? It's like, eventually you get to a point where you're like, is this even a horde? There's like Colin, Jim... Gary and Baza. <laughs> yes. We're like, are we a horde? I don't know, is five a horde? <laughs> yeah, it's like all the people who were picked last for the football team, like, like me. <laughs> you can be in the little horde. I'm just looking up what is considered a horde. And the Mongolian horde, and the golden horde under uh, Genghis Khan, that was around 130,000 men. So somewhere between five and 130,000. Yeah. <laughs> but then also you've got a horde is 50 to 99. Above oh. that is a throng, which is 100 to A horde is bigger than a throng, surely. <laughs> I think the thing is if it depends whether the riot act has been read. I feel like I've been in a throng, but I don't feel like I've been in a horde. Have you been in a swarm? 250 to 499. Yeah, I've been in a swarm. A zounds? I don't, to, I don't wish to be in a throng. It would be too tight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I've got an image of you in a throng. And then you've got Legion, which is 1,000 plus. I feel like a horde's bigger than a Legion. I feel a horde's bigger than all those. That's what makes yeah, it a horde. I, I, I would think a horde is sort of like an army or a division of an army. Yeah. If someone said the Mongol throng is coming, I'd be like, so? <laughs> <laughs> the Mongol swarm. The Mongol Swarm, I'd be nervous. The Mongol Zounds? The Mongol Zounds, I'd be like, what? The I don't Mongol even know what that Legion. is. The Mongol Legion, I'd be worried about. Yeah. But Legion implies a certain degree of discipline as well, whereas Horde's got a ramshackle feel to it. Well, let's just run it through from the beginning then. So there's a few, one to four. A few, yeah. Here comes the Mongol few. Yeah, I'm not worried. <laughs> not worried. Close the gates. <laughs> there's the several, four to nine. The Mongol several are coming. <laughs> <laughs> then there's the pack. The Mongol, Mongol pack. Yeah, that's... 10 to 19. Now I'm feeling like bandits kind of could be problems. Here come the lots. The Mongol the lots. lots. The Mongol lots. <laughs> 20 to 49. How many of them are there? Lots. <laughs> You're going to need to be You're more specific. You are not doing your job. <laughs> and then Horde, 50 to 99. You've gone from lots to Horde. Yeah. <laughs> that feels like a leap to me. How many are there? Lots. lots. Well, is it a Horde? <laughs> Mm, it's on the on the cusp between lots and award. There can't be a cusp yeah, between lots uh, and award. There are many these, degrees in between those things. These boundaries are very strict, aren't they? So is this one more guy in the horde? Come on, Jim, get in here. <laughs> All right, it's a horde now. They're coming. The horde is coming. <laughs> Thank you.
Anyway, right, let's grade me. Uh, well, before we start, I want to talk about last week's. Yes, I do too. So, Paul, um, you, you said obviously you didn't, you weren't happy with the the little Paul Dursley song that uh, yes. I thought was terrific. Well, we did too, right? We did my original one. Right. Judge, judge, judge. He's, he's the, the judge, judge judging all of the things he does. That one. That was a good one. Followed by the rap singer one. Because we thought we wanted to give him something different. Oh, he didn't like that. for the judge. But, so I thought I'd go something slightly different. So I commissioned the lovely Morgan Balfour, a highly professional operatic singer. All rise for the judge. So, Paul, I think that gets me more points because I think that's much more Paul Dursley. What do you think? I think it's very good, actually, oh, I have well, to of say. Of he does. I have to say so. But I I'm afraid I can't increase the grade on your Russia one. That's fine. No one's asking for an increase. We're just because, seeking a, not because, a decrease. Because... That was an A anyway, and I'll never give an A plus. That's fair. But I'm glad you like it. And Morgan Balfour was so nice. She was really helpful and friendly. And uh, thank you very much for doing that. Uh, I did ask for the full orchestra, but apparently they don't assemble entire orchestras for 10-second pieces of music. (laughs) 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 Much to my surprise. (laughs) I I think if you were a Hollywood producer, they would. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll ask her next time she's with a full orchestra recording something, see if we can't get something (laughs) with a whole string section going. uh, So if we settled then, Paul, are you happy with that as the sting for for the verdict now? Yes. For the grading? Yes. Wow. Yes, I'm I'm happy with that, but you've got you've got you've got to pay her uh, her repeat fees though. Uh, well, uh, <coughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I I found a change of pace this time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, let's uh, let's get to the grading for this week then. So, Kazakhstan our Easter episode, episode 25, Protestant Reformation. Protestant Reformation. You were so close, Ryan. <laughs> to what? A passing grade. To a C. <laughs> <laughs> After your nuclear fiasco. Oh, what? You're going to take me down a point because I can't say the word nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a B plus. Oh. Yeah. Woohoo. I think you deserve more. So do I. Did someone whisper there? I can't hear anything. No. No, nobody said anything. Um, thank you very much. A B plus. That's, uh, honestly, I still think it was an A minus, but I got to eat a load of chocolate, so I may be biased. Well, it, it, it was an A minus until I put in the thing about nuclear. Yeah. You see, yeah, I, if so you'd you have said... cheating yourselves out If you'd have said the, um, the pyramid cheese, that's that brought me down a grade. I'd have understood. If you'd have said because you fed me some horrible food that I didn't like, I would have understood. I was thinking that this was I a C. You know, this was a C grade. So I'm happy. This is like a, an Easter gift I to me. Think, I think you. Were, I I thought you'd know be my know me by now. Isn't that song? Now is gift. Do you feel like maybe this is the start of a like a a, a new a new start for for me and you, Paul? Like we're, you know, the spring has sprung. We're looking forward. Like the world is brighter, lighter. We can look to better grades than. The darker times. You've munched on his long cylindrical cake. <laughs> With a dome on the top. <laughs> That's not going in.
Right. Right. So there we go. So that's a that's a happy ending to our Easter special. That is. And you did a great work, Ryan. I think you should be so proud of that. It was a really fun episode. Thanks, man. And I I I want to say congratulations to Mr. Paul Dursley for joining us on our History Happened Everywhere journey. Twenty-five of these. Yes. I know you haven't done the verdict for all twenty-five of those, but you've done the majority of them now. Yes, yes. So a little high five fist bump for you from both me and Pete. It's the most awkward. Yeah, a handshake would be nice. A handshake would be better. I can't I imagine what a mess you'd make of a handshake, Ryan, given that you failed at the high five so badly. Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> I, I, I never knew what this fist pump was. I, I'm, there was once I was at work and someone was talking about that, and I thought they called it a fizz bomb. <laughs> I kept thinking, what's a fizz bomb? This is newfangled greeting. <laughs> I love, I want you to give me a fizz bomb next time I see you. Fizz bomb. Fizz bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode uh, is Pete. He returns to the hot seat. Spooky ghosts. Yeah, we're doing ghosts. Oh, Paul, I'm so excited about the ghosts. You have no idea how excited I am. Well, it's going to be an incredibly short episode. They don't exist. <laughs> In your mind. Spoilers. This feels like this should be a Halloween episode. Ooh. Yeah, ghosts. So, USA, 1985 to 1990 and ghosts. Ghosts. All right, you're looking forward to it, Paul? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to how much Paul Dursley is going to hate it. Oh, <laughs> I'm so looking forward to it. Haunting. Well, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's not a rational subject, is it? There's a lot of history of ghosts out there. Well, there may be, but not, over, not for five years in the late 80s. Mm. Well, you don't know, my friend. You well, don't so it's, know. It's all going to be about that stupid film. Ghostbusters. Yes. Can we use that? Probably this is not. not about movies. This is about history. Yeah, that's true. But also there may be some Ghostbusters in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You're going to hate this episode. So badly. Okay. Okay. If Ichabod Crane is mentioned, <laughs> you will lose points. Noted. <laughs> right. So um, I just wanted to say a few thanks for my episode. Uh, firstly, to Oliver Gill and uh, Christina Tarasova for their support with helping with the research for the Kazakhstan episode uh, and our brewing and our Kazakhstan from Reddit for their help and support in the research. So that's our show for this week. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch about anything we've talked about in the episode, we can be found on our Twitter account at H at H H E podcast. You can email us at H H E podcast at gmail.com. And you never know, you might end up featured on a future show. One way to definitely feature on a future episode is to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Have we had any reviews? We have. Uh, we had a five star review from uh, uh, a Maxfield who said, thank you for the show. Thank you, Maxfield, for the review. Please do review us. It's really helpful. Yeah. And in the meantime, you can find and join discussions about the show on Facebook and Reddit. So yeah, head over there, subscribe, uh, as well as Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, where every day a hit of History Happened Everywhere will magically appear um, in, your, in your feeds, either as a bit or a bite, a little gag or a little animation. Uh, we'll be back next week, obviously, with a new place, a new time, and a new topic. And if that is not enough, we have a growing archive of old shows, which you can access, download, and listen to whenever you want. All 25 of them, in fact. And they're available on YouTube, your podcast provider, or at hhepodcast.com. So, Paul, thank you very much once again for the 25th, well, not quite 25th time. Thank you once again for joining us. My, my pleasure. Um, what, happened to, what happened to the sketches in this one? They'll be back, and they'll be spooky. 
I'll look forward to that. On that ghostly bombshell, all that's left to say is you've been listening to History Happened Everywhere. The Verdict. How are you doing though, Paul? Are you okay? Yes, I think OK is about the best we can be at the moment. That is true. It's but true. Spring has yeah. sprung. It's a new year. That's yes. That's that's lovely, isn't it? Although we had our one day of summer in March this year. Yes, it was super hot here in the UK, wasn't it? We yes, had one day it, of it. There was bloody freezing. Yes, it snowed. snowed. <laughs> it snowed the other day. Yeah. Actually, a lot. <laughs> Listen to us old men talking about the weather. Yeah. Love bought a shed if we're going to talk about old man activities. <laughs> I've got a bad back. And I get up to go to the toilet four times a night. That's great. Thank you.